days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Excited to talk about this one because I'm going to go position by position and grade out the 49ers roster now that we know what this 53-man roster looks like and who the depth is, who the starters are. It's going to be a lot of fun to go through. And the 49ers have a tremendous amount of talent all throughout their roster. But the offense, I think, has been overlooked in previous years. But with all the weapons that they got going into the 2023 season, it has to get everyone excited, whether it's young Brock Purdy or the fact that you got Christian McCaffrey for a full season and he's had a full offseason with the 49ers or the fact you're going to have a healthy Debo Samuel to go with a 1,000-yard receiving Brandon Ayuk or the Trent Williams is still the best offensive lineman in the entire league. Or you have that one guy. What's his name? The people's champ, George Kittle. He's still pretty good, too. So this 49ers team is absolutely stacked and I'm ready to talk about it. And I try to be as fair as I can with these grades and I'm going to grade it starter, then grade it their depth and then overall score. And we'll get a pretty good idea of how these you know, rooms really look. And I know it's, you want to say a on every single thing, but that can't be, you just have to look at it uh, and actually analyze it for what it is. And that's what I'm trying to do here. We'll see places. The 49ers have gotten better since last year, but also We're going to get a really good idea of places maybe they need to improve. So we're going to have offensive today, and then tomorrow I'll get into the defense as well and go through all the grades position by position, and I'm going to try to keep it uh, analytical here. Here we go. So let's talk about the quarterback position first. It's gotten the most attention all during the offseason. Will Brock be ready? You know, what's going to happen with the other quarterback? Sam Darnold came first day of free agency, and I think Brock Purdy is the one you have to start with. And Brock did so well last year. The way he came on and he just, I mean, played beyond his years, played under control. He was really in control of the offensive command of what Kyle Shanahan wanted him to do. And I think he earned a lot of respect for what he could do. He's now leading, as far as bets go, most likely to be a first-time Pro Bowler. I think that's spectacular. That means a lot of people around this league are seeing Brock Purdy for the potential that he has. So with Brock Purdy, the question marks are more in line with, are we going to get to see the same Brock Purdy we saw at the end of the season? You know, will, will he be able to duplicate that? So with, with those questions, I think comes a little bit of a variance on the grade. Now I was out at training camp and I watched him practice and he looked really good. He was making his throws. He was in command. Uh, he was, you know, taking chances, which I liked. And then what I saw in the preseason, especially in the last game against the Chargers, was a quarterback that really understood everything he was supposed to do within this offense. He also didn't take too many chances that were going to create turnovers, which means he'll do what he did last year and take care of the football. So I'm optimistic about Brock Purdy, yet I'm not going to go to the point where I think somebody like Brock Purdy is all the way up there, you know, as the number one quarterback in the league or any of that sort of thing. But I do think Brock Purdy's got a lot of ability. So Brock Purdy, I gave a B plus. The reason I gave him a B plus, I felt like that's what he earned last year and the way that he went out and he 
played so well and how he handled the playoffs, but there's question marks. You have to give someone room to grow, number one, when you're giving them a grade, but also uh, the question marks about his elbow. And I know he's, he's met every single goal, but let's see what happens when he gets out there into these football games. I think... I'm hoping that as he progresses in this offense, we'll start talking about Brock Purdy being an A starter, an A-plus starter in this league. That would be great for the 49ers. But I think B-plus is where Brock is at, and I think that's okay for right now. And let's see if he can work himself into that A role. So I think I'm, I'm a huge fan of Brock Purdy, but let's give him some space to grow on his first evaluation after an offseason that he was coming off an injury. Overall, with the depth, you got Sam Darnold, who has 56 starts in this league, which is very valuable to this young quarterback room, especially with Brock Purdy at the helm. But also, he's still young himself, 26 years old, got a lot of talent with a big arm. I like that. Uh, so I'm, I'm confident in him as a solid backup. And then you've got Brandon Allen that they kept as well as the third quarterback as a part of this group. Now, there's question marks with... Uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's turned the ball over a lot. Will that transition and follow him to San Francisco? He definitely got better going from the, the New York Jets over to the Carolina Panthers. But what kind of uptick in stats would he get if he was a consistent starter? I think there's a lot of unknowns about Sam Darnold. So even though I believe in Kyle Shanahan's evaluations of how you know how uh, Sam Darnold will operate within his offense, I don't think we've seen it to the degree that would make me think that this is going to be like a knockout uh, signing that if he steps in, he's going to be able to play at the highest level. So I have tempered expectations. I'm hoping he will be uh, very good for the 49ers. And if he's asked to play, he'll do a good job. But to be honest, I'm hoping he's never asked to play. Hoping Brock Purdy stays healthy for all 17 games, all the playoffs, and who knows, maybe even a February showing and that we never see Sam Darnold. But I get what they like about Darnold, the athletic ability, the physicality, uh, he, he's pretty good. And then with Allen, you're talking about a guy who had a lot of experience backing up Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. So I gave the, the quarterback room depth, a lot of unknowns there. Uh, I gave it a C plus and it could easily move up into a B realm, which I think people would be excited about. So overall quarterback room, B minus Brock Purdy, B plus uh, the depth C plus, And then you put it together and you get yourself a B minus. So that's where I think the quarterback room is right now. I think it could definitely elevate during the season as Brock Purdy continues to develop and becomes the player that everyone is hoping he can. So uh, the quarterback room overall, though, you got to feel pretty good about it. So let's slide over to the wide receiver room. And the wide receiver room, it starts on top with two of the best receivers in the NFL. Brandon Ayuk is about to have a coming out party. He had 1,000 yards receiving last year. And he has had an absolutely spectacular offseason. He was, in my opinion, the best player at training camp. Every single day he was out there competing at a high level and he was making plays. It didn't matter who was covering him. It didn't matter if he was getting double teamed. It didn't matter what it was. He was coming up with the football. Spectacular catches, yards after the catch, and just absolutely routing defensive backs was what Brandon Ayuk did. So I'm excited about Ayuk within this offense. I think he's got a firm grasp of where he's supposed to be from play to play. And I think that's good news. And I think that Brandon Ayuk's ready for an ascension. And with Debo Samuel, this is the most healthy I've seen him uh, ever since I've been going to training camp. He looks really good. He's in great shape. And I think that's good news for the 49ers. And what I saw in training camp and even during the preseason was Debo be able to separate on his own without needing Kyle. So one-on-one situations, Debo was winning. 
And if that's going to be the case and he's going to be dynamic as far as being a solid receiver and not just, you know, the screens and the slants, but he can do it all, he's going to be very hard to stop. And this 49ers offense is going to be hard to stop because Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel together are spectacular. So I have those two guys as the starting wide receivers, and I think they're A for wide receivers. They fit exactly what Kyle wants, uh, the the do-it-all kind of guy the with Debo Samuel, and then the solid X receiver in Brandon Ayuk. I think this is a very good group of wide receivers, and the starters are spectacular, gave them an A. All they can do is upgrade to an A-plus, and if they both get 1,000 yards in this season, I'll be more than happy to give them an A-plus as starters, uh, but I thought they've done really good. Now when we're talking about the depth, you have Juwan Jennings, and Juwan Jennings fills a role that the 49ers want and need within this offense, so he's very valuable. So I'm going to take that into account when going through the grade. But you're talking about a guy that converts on third down, third and Juwan, all the time, uh, but also is significant in the blocking as far as running the football. And those things can't be uh, discounted when you're talking. It's not all about receiving when evaluating wide receivers, but also what they add to the offense, either in the run game themselves or blocking in the run game. And Juwan Jennings has got a very significant role for Kyle Shanahan. So I think he's a very nice depth piece. Right, Ray McLeod, I'm going to count him. Uh, because we're not talking about like the depth right now, but the depth for the season. And he's going to be back two, three, four weeks into the season, and he'll be providing everything he does. And as a Z receiver, he's often the backup for Debo Samuel. And the things that he can do with the ball help Kyle Shanahan not have to alter his game plan or take out parts of his game plan because Debo Samuel's not in the game. Ray Ray can still catch those quick screens. He can catch slants. He can also run the ball out of the backfield. Uh, run reverses. So there's a lot of things you can do with Ray Ray in the game that also coincides with what Debo does. So when you don't lose parts of the playbook, when you're bringing in a sub, that's huge. So I think there's a lot of value in Ray Ray McLeod, not to mention his special teams prowess. I'm not going to figure that into this grade, uh, but that would definitely figure into a lot of grades as far as how this 49ers quarter or wide receiver room is constructed. Then the 49ers, it gets interesting. You have a young player in Ronnie Bell who had a really good preseason. How how much of that will carry over into the regular season, I think is interesting. We just don't know. So did he look great? Yes. Does he have to improve? Yes. He needs to get better blocking. The things we talked about with Jawan Jennings, the things that Jennings and Ray Ray McLeod do really well as far as blocking in the run game, those are things Bell's working on right now. How much is Bell going to be involved in the game plans early in the season? I don't know because Danny Gray as a rookie, wasn't involved very much last year. And that's another part of this. Danny Gray's out the first four games. The 49ers have been wanting that vertical threat along their wide receiver room for a while. So I think him being out definitely hurts the 49ers right now, but I want to figure him in because I saw him in training camp. He looked spectacular. Uh, he was creating separation. He was catching every which route he could and creating yards after the catch. This is not the Danny Gray I saw in 2022. It was a much more mature, much more disciplined and further along in his development, Danny Gray. So I'm excited about both of those young guys, but I have to also grade it kind of on that shift of players, you know, and how they're going to be able to operate. Then I had to take into account a couple of guys the 49ers put on the practice squad and Chris Conley and Willie Sneed. And the reason is, the 49ers are going to be counting on them early on in the season while Danny Gray is out. So Danny Gray's on the IR, which means these two figure heavily into potentially coming up to the active roster and helping the 49ers. So 
I think when it comes to those guys, I figured them into this as far as depth. I know they're not on the active 53, but I wanted to take into account their contributions a little bit. So with that being said, I, I talked about giving the starters an A, and I gave the depth at the wide receiver position a B, and it's a solid B. Dewan Jennings and Ray Ray McLeod do it. If I knew for sure that Danny Gray was going to play at the level I saw at training camp, and he was going to be a vertical threat, and he was going to stay healthy, starting on the IR, he was going to stay healthy, I could easily bump them up. And if you told me that Ronnie Bell was going to play the way he played in preseason, I could give this depth an A in a heartbeat. But I don't know that. And I think those are questions that are going to have to be answered. So it's very good. You have that very good starting group. Uh, they're solid. Those next set of guys are really good at what they do within the offense. And I think they're you know, needed for this 49ers team to be successful. And Kyle's built it to use these guys together. But I think the question marks kind of give you a B in the depth department. But overall, I think this 49ers wide receiver room gets an A-. And I don't think anyone complains about that. It was one of the deepest rooms on the entire 49ers roster in, uh, in 2023. So it's exciting to see the wide receiver room go from the days of having guys you're pulling off the street late in the season, uh, reclamation potential projects you're trying to work with to being a team that's absolutely loaded with lots of special teams talent. Or, I mean, lots of um, practice squad talent, including young players like Tay Martin and Isaiah Winstead that are still developing for the future. Good news for the 49ers. Let's go to the running back position. And the running back position, starter-wise, this is no joke. Uh, 49ers are rolling out Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk. These are the two best at their position maybe in the league. Juszczyk is the best fullback in the entire league. And Christian McCaffrey's in that argument now as best running back in the league. So I'm really excited about this group, and I gave this starting group an A+. Christian McCaffrey can do it in the run game. He can do it in the pass game. He can block in protection. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk can be used in every which way you want, but he's also a significant blocker in the run game, can make mismatch, and we saw that in the game against the Chargers. He runs just a simple drag route, shuts it down in the zone coverage, makes the catch, gets positive yardage. How many fullbacks in the league can do that? Not very many. Kyle Juszczyk is one of a kind. This running back room uh, with those starters is one of a kind. So A+. Plus. Don't exactly just hand out A-pluses, but this one gave it. So I thought these two guys are all pros, the best of their positions. So they need, they need and deserve that grade. When we're talking about depth, it starts with Elijah Mitchell. And Elijah Mitchell's very significant for this 49ers uh, team success. If he can spell Christian McCaffrey and still produce at the level he's able to, 10 to 12 carries a game, a couple catches out of the backfield, that's going to be huge. That will play to Christian McCaffrey's longevity as the season progresses. But there's so many questions about Elijah Mitchell staying healthy. Every single year, it seems. Rookie year, he got banged up. Sophomore year, got even more banged up. And then this year, didn't play during the entire preseason because of a tight adductor. So he's dealing with a little bit of a groin issue, and that is a problem. And he went back to practice uh, before the Chargers game, and then Kyle Shanahan said they rested him again this week. So it's a question mark about Elijah Mitchell, which puts this running back room at a little bit more of a state of flux when it comes to the depth. Now they've done a good job of undrafted free agents and drafting running backs in the last couple of years. I would say Jordan Mason is going to be significant for this 49ers depth. And the 49ers know they can count on him. 
He got a lot of yards in his rookie season, was able to spring some big runs, but convert on short yardage as well, which is what you need Elijah Mitchell to do. But at least if Elijah Mitchell's not out there, you can count on Jordan Mason to do it. Where you have a little bit of the change is Elijah Mitchell so far has more speed for the outside zone, the toss plays. Those are plays he's going to have an advantage at. Him and McCaffrey are better at those plays than anyone else on the depth chart not named Debo Samuel, of course. But those guys are spectacular. When it comes to Jordan Mason, he has developed as a pass catcher, did really, really good at running routes all throughout training camp and the preseason, so advancement there. But he's also been fumbling the football. He's been fumbling at training camp. He fumbled in the preseason. So those are things we didn't see in the rookie year for Jordan Mason that he's going to have to work out. Can he get better at it? Absolutely. Uh, but those are things you have to objectively look at, and that's something he's going to improve, and I guarantee uh, Bobby Turner is all over him about that. They're not going to be okay with this happening. So uh, you got that, and then you've got Ty Davis-Price. Ty Davis-Price is probably going to be the odd man out for most active day rosters. I expect them to go with three running backs, McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, and Jordan Mason. But if something happens to Elijah Mitchell, then TDP is going to be called on. And here's where it gets interesting. Even though TDP showed vast improvement in running the football, in his cuts, in his uh, control and understanding of this offense, I think the problem with him is still pass protection, and which means he's a little bit limited in what he can do. So he can do all the things physically you want. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. Uh, he's super smart. The problem is he just needs to get better at pass protection. So when you start taking a look at the limitations of some of the depth players, whether that's Elijah Mitchell being available for games, question mark, hopefully he is one of my favorite runners. I love his style. Uh, Jordan Mason's ability to not turn over the football and TDP's struggling in pass protection. You have a kind of a little bit of weaknesses here and there that you have to navigate through. Uh, so when I looked at it top to bottom, I gave the starters an A+. Plus. I gave the depth a B because of those question marks we talked about. But, I mean, these guys could easily fix those question marks. Elijah Mitchell could play, and this could easily be moving up a letter because that's how talented this room is. It uh, just hasn't played up to those expectations yet. Plus, you got, you know, Kyle Juszczyk. But depth-wise, B, overall A-. minus. The starters carrying the room a little bit and doing a really good job of helping improve. And this is what it's about, building the best possible room. They've got they're got really great starters, but they got some pretty good depth as well at the running back position. Boy, is that a far cry from a couple years ago when the 49ers were signing anyone and everyone from practice squads because no one was healthy. It, it's good to have this type of problem uh, on your football team for sure. But let's flip to tight ends. Uh, the people's tight end, George Kittle, is the starting tight end. And uh, I gave him an A+. I know, shocker, right? Uh, but you got Christian McCaffrey at the top of his game, Kyle Juszczyk. They're the top of their positions in the league. And I gave George Kittle an A-plus as well because I think he's one of the top two tight ends in the entire league. He's spectacular. The all-around way he plays, he is a great blocker. He's a great receiver. And last year, he produced more touchdowns than he's ever produced in a season. So I think it's he's still very significant in this 49ers offense. And he's going he's gonna to be a big-time player. So nobody, I don't think, will argue with George Kittle being an A-plus on this. Now, when it comes to the rest of the room, the 49ers drafted two young tight ends, Braden Willis and Cameron Latu. Cameron Latu going on the IR, ending his season, means that Braden Willis was the only one available to make the 53. He did. 
But the 49ers upgrading at the tight end position beyond Charlie Warner and beyond Ross Dwelly hasn't worked yet. Last year, Tyler Croft played a significant role and played a lot of snaps, making Ross Dwelly only available for five games during the season. The rest of the time, he was inactive. So you have to take that into account when you're talking depth. And I think that's what it is. Charlie Warner, he's a really good blocker. When you're in two tight end sets and he's out there, he gives you an advantage blocking. But defenses also know when he's in there in two tight end sets that he's probably blocking. There's always the off chance he's going to go out for a pass. But what kind of success will he have? He's looked a little bit better. I'll give him credit on that. But still, we have to see some development consistently from Warner before we're going to feel comfortable with him at the tight end position as a backup. Also, Ross Dwelly. And Ross Dwelly is a solid receiver. That has never been a question about Ross Dwelly's ability. He's gotten open, and even last year, he found opportunities deep down the field, whether that was catching Jimmy Garoppolo's first touchdown against Seattle or that was catching another one down the sideline later on in the season. He has been significant when catching the football. His question marks are about blocking. That's part of the reason the 49ers have been going for these young players because you want to get a guy like Braden Willis that is available and able to do both. Uh, He's a pretty good blocker right now, still developing as far as catching the football, as far as route running, and creating separation. So, Braden Willis is not a finished product. He's not exactly ready to go day one. You can't put him in there behind George Kittle, which means you're going to count on these talented veterans. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if week one at Pittsburgh, Braden Willis is inactive, and they roll with Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly behind George Kittle. With that being said, I'm grading this entire room, all four guys, and I think that, you know, you've got George Kittle. He's the A+. I think when it comes to the other tight ends and the fact that they're trying to upgrade them, and I see some ineffectiveness in certain areas, whether that's Dwelly's blocking or Charlie Warner's pass receiving, uh, I know you can use them kind of in different ways to get the most out of them, and I love that. But I do think there's some deficiencies there because of that. I give the depth of the tight end room, and this is with Braden Willis's help, at some point, he'll probably develop during the season, and this grade can go up a C plus. So I give the 49ers tight end room overall a B. Uh, so right in the middle, if Kittle wasn't so great, you would bring this down a lot. But to me, that was a great, uh, you know, great thing that George Kittle's so good. He helps bring this room up, and the 49ers continue to try to raise the level of the tight end room. Let's see. Can Charlie Warner, can Ross Dwelly pick it up, and how quick can Braden Willis move Uh, to get himself up and be able to play on game day. At some point, if that happens, we could see the depth increase so much more. Uh, I like Braden Willis, and I think think at some point him and Cameron Latu are going to help this tight end room immensely. It'll probably be in 2024, and right now we got to count on this depth. So George Kittle, stay healthy. We don't want to roll with the other guys. But if it happens, let's be honest, we know these guys can handle it. Will it be top-level tight end play? No. Uh, but there's other ways to skin a cat. You can figure it out by using you know, CMC and Debo Samuel in a variety of ways uh, to get the ball in their hands. So let's go to the offensive line. And this is, this is an interesting one. Uh, the offensive line is much maligned, but you're also counting on five players as your starters. And then they have four players in depth. So Trent Williams would obviously be an A+. I don't think anyone would argue with that. But I'm grading the starters overall. And I think that's where it gets interesting. Uh, because you have... Aaron Banks, who had a really good season last year. It was a sophomore season in the NFL, but his first as a starter, he did very good. Jake Brendel took over for Alex Mack, and he played well, including a, a almost Pro Bowl bid, right? He was an alternate. 
That surprised me a little bit. I think Brendel definitely settled into his role as the season progressed. And after hearing Alex Mack talk about how hard it was to adjust to Kyle Shanahan's system, even after playing in it, just knowing uh, what his reads were and also being able to communicate with the rest of the offensive line, it kind of gave Jake Brendel a little bit of a break. So I'm optimistic. I thought he had a pretty good camp. Not real worried about him and what his role is. I think everyone understands who he is. He's going to be good as far as second-level blocks, uh, giving help. He's going to struggle in anchoring and being able to stop uh, big nose tackles in pass protection and moving people at the point of attack in the run game. So as long as you know that, you have an understanding. Now, Spencer Burford, he went, he worked his butt off, he came back. How much better will Spencer Burford be in year two? Who knows? I'm hoping that he's going to be on the level of pushing for Pro Bowl. If that happens, this offensive line takes another step. But with a question mark at right tackle, and it's only an unknown question mark because we haven't seen Colton McKivitz consistently play right tackle. He's done a pretty good job in short stints, but we haven't seen it. I will say, during training camp, he was very good. During the preseason, he was very good. And I've been excited about him in pass protection. I think most would concur with that statement. But also, I've seen advancements in the run game as well. He was blocking. He was moving people off their points. To me, I saw a very comfortable Colton McKivitz within this offense. That's exactly what the 49ers need. And when you're talking about starters, you got the best offensive lineman in the entire league. You have two young guys at guard. You have the unproven as Colt McKivitz and then a fringe pro bowler, maybe, uh, for Jake Brendel. I don't know if I'm ready to put him in that category, but I think you kind of see the makeup of this offensive line. The fact that four of these guys started last year and McKivitz was on the roster and he's elevating into McGlinchey's role, I feel good about the chemistry. So I thought I was going to give them a solid B uh, for the starters. I think it's a solid B. It can't be in the A category. I think Trent Williams definitely helps elevate this, you know, the level of the starters. Uh, so it's a B. I I went back and forth between a B and a B minus. Uh, but I think that Trent kind of helped elevate it. And I just my belief in Colt McKivitz has kind of helped as well. We'll see if this grade holds up. It might not. It, it, it could be something to worry about. Now let's talk about the starters. I mean, I'm sorry, the depth behind the starters. You've got John Feliciano, who they brought in, and I like that signing. And I know he had a couple of struggles, uh, you know, during the games. But you know, look back to what I just said about Jake Brendel and Alex Mack. You know, being able to pick up, you know, the the things, the check with me's, all the things you got to do as far as protection, uh, adjusting the offensive line that Alex Mack struggled with. Feliciano's coming from a completely different uh, system and different verbiage, so he doesn't understand it. It's a longer process, so he is going to have a couple of issues you know, going ahead and going through those things. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of excited about, you know, his potential in this system. And we'll see what happens, uh, you know, with uh, John Feliciano. But I feel good with him being a guard and center. Uh, the first guy in that can handle it. He has 15 starts in 2022. So I think the 49ers can feel confident and comfortable with him within the, as the first backup. Now, is he Daniel Brunskill, who you already seen start in your system and have supreme confidence because he could play tackle guard and center. No, uh, that's definitely not the case. So I had to take that into account, but I do like the versatility and bringing in a veteran player. I thought that was nice. Don't rely completely on your young guys, bring guys in to improve the room. And I thought John Lynch really did that. And Chris Furster has been developing him pretty nice. So let's talk about Jalen Moore and Jalen Moore's a holdover. And I thought early on in training camp, he did so good. 
Then he got hurt, and then the question marks came because he was out for a while. He didn't do joint practices. Next thing you know, he's out there against the Raiders, and he doesn't look great. And people say, up, oh, same old Jalen Moore. Uh, and then the Broncos game, he was a little bit better. And they're like, well, maybe he's the same Jalen Moore. And then when he played against the Chargers, he showed what I had been seeing all throughout training camp. And he proved that he's a solid left tackle backup in this league and who the 49ers have wanted him to be. He's extremely comfortable within this system and also been developing un- for two years under Chris Furster. He's athletic, and they could use that athleticism to his advantage. So I like having... Uh, Jalen Moore and John Feliciano as potentially the first two guys in. I know Moore's probably going to play the left because Matt Pryor's going to play the right. And I like the Matt Pryor signing and the fact that he's on this team because, once again, it's another player with starts under his belt. Warriors don't have to rely on a young player that hasn't played significant snaps. Matt Pryor's played more NFL snaps than Colton McKivitz has, the guy ahead of him. And so I think that's significant. That's the same thing with Feliciano. Feliciano started and played more snaps than Jake Brindle or Spencer Burford or Aaron Banks. So we've got really good depth behind them, and that's important. You're not just counting on Jalen Moore. Now you have Matt Pryor and John Feliciano solid. Then what the 49ers did was keep Nick Sakel to continue to develop. Over six foot six, over 300 pounds. They see versatility of him being able to play guard and center maybe at some point. They have pushed back on the center. They had to work on other guys. We'll see if that ever develops. But I thought he had got better and better as the preseason went on. Is he going to be at the level that everyone wanted him to be? No. Uh, But he's your ninth offensive lineman. How often is your ninth offensive lineman going to play? Probably not very much. Last year, uh, Nick Zakel was the ninth offensive lineman, and he was not active for very many games during the season. So I think it's more of a break in case of emergency type situation for Nick Zakel. Not real worried about it, but I like the veteran depth that the 49ers have along the offensive line. And with that being said, I gave the offensive line depth a C+. Uh, I, I thought it was good. I don't think it's great, uh, but I'm I'm comfortable with Feliciano. I just want to see it consistently, and I want to see it with Pryor and more. And I think because there's unknowns within this system, and I saw the struggles from Moore during training camp and preseason, I like what he did against the Chargers. I like what Jalen Moore did against the Chargers. I like what John Feliciano did against the Chargers. If you could tell me that's the players we're going to get, I would shoot this grade up into the Bs, no problem. Uh, but I think with the unknowns, it's got to be proven. So right now, C+, I trust on Chris Furster to get this done and get these guys where we want. So overall, I gave it a B-, minus, a B for the starters, a C+, plus for the depth and a B minus overall. So uh, just a quick rundown as a review uh, for the quarterbacks. I gave a a B minus Um, for the wide receivers. The wide receivers were really good. I gave an A minus for the running backs. It was an A minus. And then you have George Kittle with, and the the tight ends with the B Um, and the lineman is a, a B minus overall. So a pretty good group overall. Um, let's see what it ends up being. Going to figure this out real quick. For overall offense, I gave the 49ers a B. I think it's a pretty solid uh, group overall. They got really, really talented players at the skill levels, you know, with Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, the list goes on, right? I think that there are some areas where if players play really well, they're, they're going to go up in a, in a big way. And some have even said this is the number one offense in the NFL. And if that's the case, 
I, I have no arguments. I'm okay with it. Uh, we'll see, though. It has to happen on the field. But I'm excited about this unit overall and who they got on it. And I think it was it was fun to go through and kind of you know talk about the players and grade out what the 49 starters look like, what their depth looks like. And um, we'll see what happens when the 49ers play Pittsburgh. We'll get a really good idea of how this offense is going to look. It's a talented team in Pittsburgh with some really good edge rushers and some solid players on the back end with players like Mika Fitzpatrick. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to get into defense. That'll be coming up next. Hope you guys all have a great one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.